Hello, good evening, truth breeders. This is David Lawal. And first, I want to appreciate uh, our evangelist, Brother Bamidele. I know you guys call him Brother Bamidele, and I'm so, so pleased to be invited by him. And I want to tell you, all of, all of you on this platform, I want to tell you this about him. I've always seen that passion for God born in him. And when he told me about how this all started in 2014, as God placed this burden on his heart, and then he finally launched in 2017, I was really never really surprised because he's been on fire for God. And I'm so happy that you have come along to really help on this mission together with him. And I know that we're going to be having an amazing time this evening as we come into God's word together to consider the idea of what God really wants to do in this generation by making us really strategic craftsmen. We're going to take the gospel into the world so that people might believe on the gospel of Christ and live the rest of their lives for God. So in the next voice notes, we're going to begin in a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we have come to you this evening that we might become strategic craftsmen for your glory so that we can strategically take your gospel into the world. Thank you for truth breed. Thank you for the admins of truth breed. Thank you for the gospel that is preached through them, the gospel of the cross of Christ, the gospel of the saving power of God. Thank you for the successes that have been recorded in the past and thank you for taking them through moments of challenges and bringing them on the other side to victory. This evening, Lord, we want to sharpen our sword and launch into the battle once again. We do pray for illumination. We pray that your spirit will so apply the word of God to our hearts. We pray that you help us with the grace for strategy and to make sure that the strategy that we devise will be to your glory. Thank you because you've answered. In Jesus' name, amen. I want us to turn our Bibles to Proverbs chapter 24. You know, Proverbs chapter 24 is where I want us to launch so that we get an understanding of why strategy is needed. But before we turn our Bibles, or as you are turning your Bible to Proverbs 24, I want you to remember that yesterday was an amazing session with the, with the lead administrator of Truth Breeds. Uh, as I took us through that wonderful session, I took notes. I hope you did take notes as well. I took some sweet notes, as I told you earlier. It started by giving us the vision uh, and then the mission of Truth Breed. And then it went into the foundational teaching, making it known to us that like Noah, there are assignments that we are given alone and we must accomplish alone. We must never delegate those, uh, those assignments that we are given alone to other people. And like Gideon, there are assignments that we must execute together with other people and we must not try to do those things alone that we must do with other people. And he told us that evangelism is the work of all Christians. And so he said, why do we then teach if evangelism is our, grow, if, is our goal? He said, we teach to bring men into awareness of who God is who they are, into who men are, and then into who men are meant to be. So we don't want to call people to an unknown God. We want them to have a knowledge of the God to whom they are coming. And so that's why we teach people even in our evangelistic endeavors. And so he said, that's why we often say breathing true living burton incorruptible christians first peter one two to three so he said what do we mean by being strategic in delivering such an assignment 
Now, the reason for strategy, according to Brother Bamadele, is that a minister of the gospel can end up doing much and having little to show for it. So, we need strategy so that we can do much and reap much. Because he said there are three categories of laborers. Those who are reaping exactly their labor, those who are reaping less than their labor, and those who are reaping beyond their labor. And I'm sure that we want to be those who are reaping beyond our labor because... As Paul said, Paul waters Apollo, uh, Paul, Paul plants Apollo waters, but God gives the increase. So we must keep reminding men about God and keep telling God about men. We must be strategic. We must know how to make this vision work. We must not just teach. We must not just evangelize because there are so many evangelisms that are without effect and so many teachings without impute. So those are the things I gained from the teaching of Brother Bam Dele yesterday. And we're going to build on that foundation. As I've told you, we're going to first turn to Proverbs 24. And we're going to read from verse 6 to verse 16. And I'm going to be making comments as we read, as we read along. Now, Proverbs 24, we start reading from verse 6. For by wise counsel, thou shalt make thy war, and a multitude of counselors there is safety. Let's just pause there. While I turn to Proverbs 20, verse 18, to read a parallel passage uh, to that verse 6 of Proverbs 24. Proverbs 20, verse 18 reads, Every purpose is established by counsel, and with good advice make war so strategy basically is a result of wise counsel and as believers who are ministers of the gospel we get our counsel from the word of god so we have to establish that basis all right so let's return to proverbs 24 while i come now to verse 7 and following Wisdom is too high for a fool, he openeth not his mouth in the gate. He that deviseth to do evil shall be called a mischievous person. The thought of foolishness is sin. So it's foolishness to not have strategy. It's foolishness to not get counsels and get that safety. Strategy brings safety in the execution of a particular project or plan or goal now look at verse 8 he that devised to do evil shall be called a mischievous first person and verse 9 now the thought of foolishness is sin and the scorner is an abomination to men if thou fit in the day of adversity thy strength is small so with strategy you will not fail faint in the in the days of adversity you know the kind of work we do at Truth Breed honestly demands perseverance through the time of difficulty, through the days of adversity. So with being strategic about this work that the Lord has committed into our hands, we can draw from the grace of God in those days when we need it. Remember what we are told in Hebrews 4.16, right? That let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace in the time of need. Verse 11 If thou forbear to deliver them, now that's Proverbs 24, verse 11. If thou forbear to deliver them that are drawn unto death, and those, if thou deliver, if thou forbear to deliver them that are drawn unto death, and those that are ready to be slain, if thou seest, behold, we knew it not, behold, we knew it not, that not he that pondereth the heart consider it, and he shall, he, he that keepeth the soul, that he not know it, and shall he, shall he not render to every man according to his works? So ignorance is not really an excuse here. He has given us the work. It's the one who keeps the soul. And he has told us to go to deliver and to draw from death those who are getting towards dying. So those whose soul are pushed towards the edge of destruction. We have been told 
by our Savior to go rescue them by preaching the gospel to them. And we must never have the excuse of we do not know. We do not know this is coming. We do not know that we are going to face these challenges. We have to be strategic about it. Listen to verse 13. My son, eat thou honey, because it is good, and the honeycomb which is sweet to thy taste. So shall the knowledge of wisdom, wisdom, remember the strategy is wisdom, the knowledge of wisdom, be unto thy soul when thou hast found it. Then there shall be a reward, and thy expectation shall not be cut off. There shall be a reward, and thy expectation shall not be cut off. Lay not with all wicked man against the dwelling of the righteous. Spoil not his resting place, for a just man falleth seven times, and riseth up again. But the wicked shall fall into mischief. There, there is a lot for us to learn from here, but you know what we can find here is that strategy actually brings safety in the midst of danger. The truth is that the word of God of which we have been sent to preach is actually one that is to be preached amongst vipers. Is one that is to be preached among lions. Is one that is to be preached amongst those people who are beasts, who have the beastly nature. But in the midst of that, God keeps us secure when we make sure that we go through the strategies that are revealed by his word another thing we can learn from here is that my verse 30 my son eat thou only because it is good and honeycomb and the honeycomb which is sweet to the taste so wisdom the knowledge of wisdom is sweet to the soul that's what verse 14 says so shall the knowledge of wisdom be unto thy soul when thou hast found it then there shall be a reward the sweetness the strategy brings is that it guarantees a reward look at it and thy expectation shall not be cut off what strategy also does for us is look at verse 16 for a just man falleth seven times and riseth up again so with strategy we know that a goal is not really a failure even though it does not deliver for let's say about seven times or maybe seven times seven times we know that god is going to raise us up again so that's really an encouragement that sometimes the strategies may not deliver as we do expect the strategies to deliver but here is it the just man falleth seven times and riseth up again so that's just to establish that strategy is really important for safety strategy is really important uh, so that we are not saying we do not know we do not know but we are delivering the work that God has sent us and we are also going to commit ourselves to strategy because our expectation shall not be cut off if we do commit ourselves to strategy because the knowledge of wisdom is really sweet and then we are certain that there is a rising up even after maybe the inability of that strategy to deliver. We can always go back to the drawing board and re-strategize and get results. So I, I haven't laid that foundation. I want to make just two statements for tonight and then tomorrow we are gonna continue so two statements for tonight then we are gonna unpack those two statements and then we are gonna continue tomorrow okay so um before i mention those two statements the reason that uh, brother bamadele wanted me to come to do this is that it wants me to take us through strategic through strategic leadership training for efficiency in the work that you do the work of evangelism and evangelism is something i'm highly passionate about in fact since morning i've been having a discussion with someone on the nature of salvation and uh, i'm surprised that people really don't understand what salvation is <laughs> and uh, you know i'm so passionate about evangelism a lot because 
there are times that we draw in people into our churches and we think that they've really been saved but we did not preach the real gospel to them we gave them a kind of gospel that is not the real gospel we tell them see come to Christ and you will gain all of the things that you desire are you frustrated that you're not getting the promotion that you want in the workplace are you frustrated that you're not getting as much money as you want to get are you frustrated that your marriage is in total disarray are you frustrated that you are getting carryovers in school do you know what come to Jesus when you come to Jesus your story is gonna change and so these people do not come to Jesus because they want their sins forgiven because they want to be reconciled with God their creator I want to live the rest of their life to his glory they do not feel sorrow over their sin but they come because you tell them coming to Christ will make you realize all those things you've been designed to realize but haven't been able to realize that's not what salvation is salvation is not elevation to a position of achievement salvation is being delivered from the wrath of god that is coming upon sinners and then being secured to the eternal kingdom of god that's what salvation is every other thing that the believer gains is just the benefit of salvation and not salvation itself so if people come because of the benefits that they desire as unbelievers and we've promised them that and they say okay yeah do you mean Christ is gonna give me that if I come to him and you say yeah he's gonna give you that and they come to him for that reason and they figure that even Christians sometimes fail Christians sometimes get swindled Christians sometimes have a little challenge in their marriages they might say this Jesus thing is not working this Jesus thing is not working and others even come into the church not being transformed but coming because they just want God to give them what they desire and they are unregenerate they come into the church and these are the unregenerate people who be at the name Christian churchgoers maybe the pastor even preaches you know what if you really want God to do amazing things in your life then you need to join the workforce and they join the workforce maybe they can sing and they join the choir and because they are so talented it's natural right that even sisters will begin to desire them and these are the people that take the sisters to bed and defile them See, those people were not really saved in the first place. They never got the main gospel, which is an offensive gospel that challenges them about their sin and makes them feel sorrow over their sin so that they come to Jesus crying for grace to transform them. Those people never really had their experience. False brethren. They are the wolves that come into the churches and destroy the sheep. They subvert all houses, leading away women, learning, leading away people captive, women that are learning by iniquity. So it's very important that we get the preaching of the real gospel right. And for us to use strategies that do not dull the sharp edge of the gospel, that do not make the gospel and the word of God of non effect, but strategies that advance even the glory of God. So, in the next voice note, I'm going to make those two statements and we're going to broaden them out. Now, the two statements I really want to make about strategy right now are these. The first is, while strategy proves to be helpful in ministry, it has proven to 
it has proven time and again to be the most dangerous aspect of ministry. While strategy proves to be helpful in ministry, it has proven time and again to be the most dangerous aspect of ministry. And if you listened to the previous voice notes that I released before this one, you will understand what I mean by that. You see, there are people who believe that there is a strategy to winning people to God, to Christ. And so the strategy is this. We're going to find all of those things that the unbeliever desires so that they can come to church. Now, do you know why that is very dangerous? The church is not an assembly of people who have not been sanctified. We have this understanding in our world today. Yeah, the church is not for perfect people. Mm, That's true. Nobody claims to be perfect. But then... According to the Bible, the church is not a place for unbelievers. The church is a place where people who have been saved can come together to learn more about Christ. Do you get that? So do not follow tradition, okay? Follow what the scriptures teach. So there are those people who say, okay, uh, you say the church allows everybody come to church, God accepts you the way you are and all of that. That's true. God accepts you the way you are so long you are not willing to stay the same, right? (laughs) But no, people come into the church and they stay the same. And the preacher keeps telling them, see, God accepts you the way you are. Minister, do you preach the grace of God to that person who has come to church? Or are you being strategic? according to the wisdom of the world. Let me quickly locate 1 Corinthians so that I can explain this concept to you. Uh, Let's locate 1 Corinthians together. 1 Corinthians chapter 1. 1 Corinthians chapter 1. First Corinthians chapter 1. The Bible says in verse 25, Because the foolishness of God is wiser than men, and the weakness of God is stronger than men. For ye see your calling, brethren, how that not many wise men after the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble are called. But God has chosen the foolish things of the, of, of the world to confound the wise, and God had chosen the weak things of the world to confound the things which are mighty and base things of the world and things which are despised as God chosen, yea, and things which are not, to bring to naught things that are, that no flesh should glory in his presence, but of him are ye in Christ Jesus, who of God is made unto us wisdom and righteousness and sanctification and redemption that according as it is written he that glorieth let him glory in the Lord now strategy can honestly be the most dangerous aspect of ministry strategy can be the most dangerous aspect of ministry now why is that we continue reading in first Corinthians let us come to chapter 2 now verse 12 now we have not received now we have received not the spirit of the world but the spirit which is of God that we might know the things that are freely given to us of God which things also we speak not in the words which man's wisdom teacheth but which the Holy Ghost teacheth comparing spiritual things with spiritual but the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God for their foolishness unto him neither can he know them because they are spiritually discerned but he that is spiritual judgeth all things yet he himself is judged of no man for who hath known the mind of of the lord that he may instruct him but we have the mind of christ now why is that why is that why can't the natural man receive the things of the spirit why are they foolishness to him verse 7 but we speak the wisdom of God in mystery, 
even the eden wisdom of of god even the eden wisdom which god ordained before the world unto our glory which none of the princes of this world knew for a day known it they would not have crucified the lord of glory why verse 5 that your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men but in the power of god and that's because paul is saying verse 4 and my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of men's wisdom but in demonstration of the spirit and power of god that your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men but in the power of god verse 6 is the main point of it all verse 6 is the main point of it all how be it we speak wisdom amongst them that are perfect yet not the wisdom of this world nor of the princes of this world that we come to not so the bible even says that for by wisdom the world does not know god and that we see in first corinthians chapter 1 verse 20 and 21 where is the wise where is the scribe where is the disputer of this world had not god made foolish the wisdom of this world for after that in the wisdom of god the world by wisdom knew not god the world by wisdom knew not god it pleased god by the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe so think about this strategy can be one of the most dangerous dangerous aspects of ministry if we want to present the foolishness of the cross as the wisdom of man now the way practically it's done these days is, is for you to 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 say that okay yeah i think youth young people love to vibrate to to songs since young people love to vibrate to songs let us make sure that in our ministry we come up with songs that vibrate so that young people can come they can come do you know what we do if people do not love the kind of music that believers love <laughs> then if what is attracting them to christ and cause is something that unbelievers love then we're going to attract people who are unbelievers I love the unbelieving version of Christianity. The version of Christianity that is not willing to lay down those things that they once counted gain as loss for the excellency of the name of Christ. Strategy is very dangerous, particularly if that strategy is a means to winning unbelievers to becoming believers. It never really works. So. I think I've made that point and I've stressed it enough. The second statement I'm going to be making is that strategy is actually needed for reaching the people, if we understand what I've just said, strategy is needed for reaching the people, it is not for winning the people. Strategy is needed for reaching the people, not for winning the people. What wins the people? look at again look once again to verse 21 for after that in the wisdom of god the world by wisdom knew not god it pleased god by the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe think about that so strategy is not needed for reaching the people strategy is needed for winning sorry strategy is needed for reaching the people and is not for winning the people. So we need to get that clear. Now in this voice note, I want to advance the point about the fact that strategy is needed for reaching the people and not for winning the people. So whatever strategy we are going to come up with a truth breed, a truth breed, we must make sure that the strategy is one for reaching the people, reaching them, getting to them, so that they can at least have an audience, so that so that they can they can listen to the word of God, so that they can they can give us access to preaching the word to them. So that's what strategy is needed for. 
people must not get strategic about the message. We must not dull the sharp edge of the word of God. We must not make the foolishness of the cross to become the wisdom of men. When we do that, then we really cannot win them. Remember once again, 1 Corinthians 1.21, For after that in the wisdom of God, the word the world by wisdom knew not God. So it is the wisdom of God that by wisdom the world would not know him. So that if we have any college professor or university professor who believes that because of so much wisdom and so much knowledge, it doesn't need God, then we cannot try to make the Bible more scientific so that we could get to that person. No. We can't do that. We must not do that. We must not kind of have a strategy that turns the word of God into something that appeals to the unregenerate mind. So strategy is needed for reaching the people, not for winning the people. So what wins the people? The gospel. And there is no other strategy for preaching the gospel than preaching the gospel but wait before we preach the gospel how do we reach the people that's what we need strategy for okay i've been in several evangelistic outreaches in the past and in those evangelistic outreaches we've honestly come up with strategies to reaching the people uh if you have ever served, if you have ever uh, been on a national service, that's NYC, you must have attended Rural Rugged if you are really serious, okay? So in Rural Rugged, one of the things we do is that we go with supplies for the rural dwellers and we first of all meet their physical needs. When we meet their physical needs, we let them know that there's going to be a crusade. And because we've met their physical needs, they come out for that crusade, you know, and we are able to preach the word of God to them. And then we make altar calls and and they come and they give their life to Christ. Now, it will be wrong if we do not preach the main gospel to them and if we do not confront their sin. And if we do not tell them about the righteous nature of God and the love of God and the fact that the love of God is greater than even their greatest sins, it will be totally wrong if we dull the sharp edge of the gospel and become strategic about preaching the word of God. No. We can't be strategic about preaching the word of God. We preach the word of God the way the word of God wants us to preach it. But when it comes to reaching the people, there are several strategies. And I've just told you one of the strategies that we often use. And I can remember that there was a time where to reach out to the NYC officials. Do you know what we did? At the beginning of the year, we had this package, we, we got juice, we got some things into that package, and then we also had tracts. You know, we had tracts and, and we took the tr- we took this package, right, to the NYC officials. We even, I, I had the opportunity to, to talk one-on-one and to share the gospel with the, with the, uh, the director over there, the director of NYC in Abia State, because I served in Abia State. And so we're in our office, and then we reached out to this high high officials of of NYC, because we brought the gifts to them, and then we had the opportunity to share with them the gospel. So, you know, naturally, a core member would not (laughs) be able to get to see the director, the the director of, the, the, the NYC director, of that particular, the NYC coordinator rather, not director now, the NYC coordinator, the state coordinator of NYC in that state, a, natu- a normal core member will not be able to, a regular core member on a regular day without having any business, <laughs> will not be able to see the, the, the state coordinator and preach the gospel to the state coordinator. But you see, strategically, we're able to reach out to the state coordinator because we came 
saying we want to present this gift to the person and then wanted to share the gospel with them from there we started to tell her about uh, then it was a woman in our in our time decided to tell her about how god gave us the greatest gift and how sinners will be punished and how the gift of god is eternal life how she can receive that gift regardless of whatever she has done you know so that's the second point i want to make strategy is needed for reaching the people but not for winning the people now let me just read colossians chapter one colossians chapter one so that i can nail this for us colossians chapter one and the question we are asking right now is how do we reach the people how do we how, how do we get strategic now there is honesty is strategic is strategy about winning the people but it's, it's not the kind of strategy that we are talking about okay it's not the kind of strategy that we're talking about uh, when we talk about administration now now what's the strategy for winning people <laughs> okay i've told you it's preaching and in colossians chapter one we see in verse 26 even the mystery which had been eat from ages and from generation but now is made manifest to his saints I remember preaching on this passage and I titled it The Minister's Glorious Ministry Revealing the Richest Mystery. That is what we do as ministers. Verse 27 To whom God will make known what is the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you. That's what we proclaim Christ in you, the hope of glory. Is Christ in you? If it's in you, you have the hope of glory. Is Christ in you? If it's not in you, you don't have the hope of glory. Do you want to have the hope of glory? Then receive Christ today because it stands at the door of your heart and he knocks and he says, open to me. And when you open to me, to, to him, he comes in and he sobs with you and he and you with him. So, so that's the beauty of this whole thing. Now look at verse 28, whom we preach. Christ we preach. Christ will preach warning every man warning every man and teaching every man in all wisdom that we may present every man perfect in christ whereunto i also labor striving according to his working which worketh in me mightily remember that the theme of this summit is strategic workmen <laughs> Listen to Paul in verse 29 of Colossians 1. Whereunto I also labor, striving according to his working, which worketh in me. So what's the strategy? Is in verse 28 actually. We preach Christ, we warn every man about Christ, and we teach every man about Christ. So basically, <laughs> it's the proclamation of Christ that is our job. But there are two things we do, basically. Admonition and teaching admonition and teaching those two things form the basis of discipleship so there is no greater strategy to winning people than preaching the gospel but then there there can be a strategy for grooming those who have believed those who have been won and that strategy is no other than discipleship than discipleship no order than discipleship warning every man and teaching every man that we may present every man perfect in christ jesus so that's it uh, as we come to the end as we are coming to the end tonight i just want to share with us certain things that a right strategy must possess if it must be the strategy that god approves of that will be the subject of the next voice note. As we finally come to the end tonight, um, I just want to quickly walk us through some of those um, qualities that our strategy must possess for us to call it a kind of strategy that is uh, good for reaching the people 
notice the strategy is not really for winning the people, but it's for reaching the people. Uh, there are actually two sides of, of the strategy. You know, as I was talking, I got to figure that out. Uh, first, for reaching the people, but remember, it's not for winning the people. What wins the people is preaching the foolishness of the cross, okay? <laughs> preaching the foolishness of the cross. To, to those people who consider themselves wise, it's foolish for the Messiah to die on the cross, you know, and stuff like that. But then, strategy is also needed for grooming the believer. So, and I told you that that's discipleship, admonition, and teaching. So now, first, we are even thinking about the kind, now, what kind of strategy must we put in place? What are those things that we must check if if we finally come up with a strategy what are those things we must check to know if that strategy is one that we must use for the evangelistic work that god has committed into our hands i'm going to use the word strategy to list out those qualities that the strategy must possess let me list them out to you first of all the strategy must be salvific that's the first thing the second is that the strategy must be T, truth-driven. S is salvific. T is truth-driven. Thirdly, her relational. Fourthly, A, affectionate. Fifthly, T, trustworthy. Sixthly, E, excellent. Seventhly, G, God-centered, and finally, Y, yield positive. So, the strategy must be salvific, truth-driven, relational, affectionate, excellent, trustworthy, excellent, God-centered, and yield positive. Now, in the next voice notes, I'm just going to kind of read certain passages that will explain what I mean by salvific, by truth-driven, by relational, by affectionate, by trustworthy, by excellent, by God-centered, and by yield-positive. So now, let, let me read the passages that accompany those aspects, those, those things, those qualities that we ought to look out for in the strategy that we are coming up with to be sure if it's one that God desires to be used for our evangelistic outreaches or not. So the first is that it has to be salvific. Now, the word salvific means for salvation, something that leads to salvation, something that leads to salvation. So let's read from 2 Corinthians chapter 5. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. I'll start reading from verse 17 and I'll read to verse 20. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 from verse 17 to verse 20. Therefore, if any man be in Christ is a new creature, all things are passed away, behold, all things are become new. And all things of God which reconciled us to himself by Christ Jesus and had given to us the ministry of reconciliation. Notice that the ministry I've been given is the ministry of reconciliation. That is, God was in Christ, reconciling the world unto himself, not imputing their trespasses unto them, and had committed unto us the same word of reconciliation. Now, what's the word of reconciliation? Verse 20, now that we are ambassadors for Christ, as though we did beseech you by us, as though God did beseech you by us, we pray you in Christ's dead, be ye reconciled to God. So remember, as... Uh, Rabam Dili told us yesterday, we tell people about God. And we tell God about the people we are telling about God. So, God did beseech them by us. We pray you in Christ's dead, be ye reconciled to God. That's our message. For he had made into the sin for us. We knew not, we knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. So, that is the message of 
this that is the message of this uh, that is the message that we have been given to preach the reconciliation uh, of men with God so the first characteristic we must see in our strategy is that the strategy must be salvific Acts 20 verse 28 also makes that point Acts 20 28 take it therefore unto yourselves and all and to all the flock over which the Holy Ghost that made you overseers to feed the church of God which he had purchased which is with his own blood one preacher said we are sanctifying shepherds so the reason God has placed us as ministers over his sheep is so that through us they might access sanctifying grace it must not only be salvific the strategy must not only be salvific it has to be truth driven let's go again to second corinthians second corinthians chapter 4 from verse 1 to verse 2 the apostle paul writes therefore seeing we have this ministry as we have received mercy we faint not but have renounced the hidden things of dishonesty not walking in craftiness not handling the word of god deceitfully but by manifestation of the truth commending ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of god so we are in the sight of god and it is by the manifestation of the truth that we undo every kind of strategy every kind of strategy it is truth driven the word of god driven we have renounced the hidden things of dishonesty we are not walking in craftiness we are not handling the word of god deceitfully but by the manifestation of the truth we commend ourselves to every man's conscience we do it in the sight of god under god's watchful omniscient eyes that's how we perform our ministry so in the next voice notes i'm going to continue reading as we talk about the fact that the strategy has to be relational so the, the strategy must not only be salvific it's or, or it must not only be salvific it must not only be truth driven it also has to be relational second corinthians chapter 12 verse 14 reads this way behold the third time i am ready to come to you and i will not be burdensome to you for i seek not yours but you for the children ought not to lay up for the parents but the parents for the children so it has to be relational the people must know that we are seeking them we are seeking their souls we are seeking we we actually ad, we love we love them the way they are and we we prize their souls so highly that we so love them and we want their souls to be saved we seek not what is theirs but them we seek not what is yours but you so the strategy has to be relational seeking the people so we must be people persons we must seek people we must seek to build relationships with them so we need to consider is the strategy relational so now it, it, the strategy must not only be salvific truth driven relational it also has to be affectionate romans chapter 9 romans chapter 9 romans chapter 9 i start reading from verse 1 i say the truth in christ i lie not my conscience also bearing me witness in the holy ghost that i have great heaviness and continual sorrow in my heart for i could wish that myself were accursed for, from christ for my brethren my kinsmen according to the flesh this is paul's affection for the lost this is compassion and the art of paul for the lost sheep of the house of israel even though it would say that the reason that look at verse 6 not as though the word of god had taken none effect for they are not all israel which are of israel so paul is saying well if people are not believing the gospel it is not because the word of god has no effect it is the fact that some people are not just 
really Israel. They are not just the elect of God. Not all Israel is Israel. Look at it. It's right there. It's not as if the word of God has taken on effect. For they are not all Israel which are of Israel. So those in Israel, not all who are in Israel are of Israel. So that's why Paul is having this continual anguish. But then look at verse 10. Brethren, my heart's desire and prayer for, for, to God for Israel is that they might be saved. For I bear them record that they have a zeal for God, but not according to knowledge. For they being ignorant of God's righteousness, for they being ignorant of God's righteousness and going about to establish their own righteousness have not submitted themselves unto the righteousness of God. And so Paul's heart breaks over that. And that is a testimony to the affection in the heart of Paul over these Israelites. So the people must see the affection bubbling in our hearts. Leadership expert John Maxwell said, Nobody cares how much you know until they know how much you care. Or people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. And so people need to see that care in our heart. That affection for them in our heart. And many people have come to faith because they've seen that these people so love them. These people are preaching to them so love them. And they, they want their good. They are not telling them to forsake sin because they are just killjoys. These people really know something that is so, so much more beautiful than anything they owed to be a treasure that is keeping them from Christ. And so, because this affection is shown to them over and again, God prevails over their heart and they finally come to salvation. So, uh, our, uh, this strategy must not only be salvific, truth-driven, relational, it must also be affectionate. And then, in the next voice note, I will start reading passages that relate to trustworthiness of the strategy. So far, we've talked about the strategy being, sal- being salvific, being truth-driven, being relational, being affectionate. But... The strategy must also be trustworthy. Trustworthy. There must be nothing shady about the strategy. There must be no stage performance about the strategy. So look at 2 Corinthians chapter 2. 2 Corinthians chapter 2. I begin reading in verse 17. For we are not as many which corrupt the word of God, but we speak as of sincerity, but as of God. In the sight of God speak we in Christ. So sincerity, sincerity. We are not as many which corrupts the word of God, but as of sincerity, as of God, in the sight of God speak we in Christ. I know many people will believe that, you know, the people need to see signs and wonders. So if the people don't see signs and wonders, they can't believe. And many pastors in course, I've been caught to the stage managing miracles. I'm sure truth breed is never going to go that way. We are going to preach the word of God regardless. God does the miracles. So these strategies that we have to devise to reach in the people, the strategies must be trustworthy, not in shady really sincere no stage management no stage performance trustworthiness but then it must also be excellent the strategy must be excellent first peter chapter ministry actually has to be excellent so anything we do in ministry must be excellent so that's what i'm gonna read first peter first peter chapter four First Peter chapter 4, I commence reading from verse 10. As every man has received the gift, even so minister the same one to another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. If any man speak, let him speak as the oracles of God. If any man minister, let him do it as of the ability which God giveth 
that God in all things may be glorified through Christ Jesus, through Christ, to whom the praise and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Paul told Timothy that uh, he had to study to show himself approved. I think that's Second Timothy. That's worthy of that's worthy of reading. We need to read that. Second Timothy, chapter two. I think it's verse fifteen. If I'm not mistaken, Second Timothy two fifteen. Yeah, I got it. Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needed not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. So, Timothy must rightly divide the word of truth, and he must do it with so much excellence. Let me also show you something beautiful in Ecclesiastes chapter twelve. Ecclesiastes chapter twelve. So remember that the strategy has to be excellent, and that's what I want to show you in Ecclesiastes chapter 12. I think we'll start reading from verse 9, Ecclesiastes 12 verse 9. Okay, let's back up to verse 8. Vanity of vanities, see the preacher, all this vanity. So if all the efforts that we might if some of the efforts we make in evangelism might be vanity in other words might not yield truth okay uh should we then say all right we are not going to make the efforts the preacher says no because in verse 9 he says and moreover regardless of the fact that all is vanity the because the preacher was wise or was strategic he still taught the people knowledge yea he gave good heed and sought out and set in order many proverbs the preacher sought to find out acceptable words and that which was written was upright even words of truth the words of the wise as guards and as nails fastened by the masters of assemblies which are given from one shepherd so excellence is very important so so far we've been able to talk about the fact that the strategy has to be salvific truth-driven relational affectionate trustworthy and excellent and the next and which may be the second to the last voice note i'm going to talk about the god-centeredness of the strategy and the yield positivity of the strategy So far, we know that the strategy must not only be salvific, it has to be truth-driven, relational, affectionate, trustworthy, excellent. But now, we want to consider the fact that this strategy must also be God-centered. So, for us to know the right strategy to be used in ministry, the strategy has to be God-centered. Let's turn our Bibles to 1 Peter chapter 4. 1 Peter chapter 4. We're reading, sorry, First Peter chapter 3, we start reading from verse 18. First Peter 3, 18. For Christ also has once suffered for sin, the just for the unjust, that, we might bring, that he might bring us to God, being put to death in the flesh, but quickened by the Spirit. So, what is the goal for which Christ died, that he might bring us to God? And that must also be the goal for which we do ministry so our strategy must be aimed towards bringing people to god our strategy must be aimed towards bringing people to god so that is clear and now finally it must be yield positive yield positive let us go back to reading colossians chapter one colossians chapter one uh, i'm going to commence reading from verse 27 again colossians chapter 1 Colossians chapter 1 I'm going to commence reading from verse 27 to whom God would make known what is the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles which is Christ in you the hope of glory whom we preach warning every man and teaching every man in all wisdom that we may present every man perfect in Christ so what is the yield we seek in evangelism it is the presentation of every man perfect complete mature in christ jesus so 
our strategy must be yield positive our strategy must be yield positive so i also want to let us give jesus the microphone for, for, for a moment his apostles and his disciples have actually been speaking so far to us as we've considered that the strategy has to be salvific truth driven relational affectionate trustworthy excellent god-centered and yield positive let's give jesus the final word or let jesus have the final word here john 15 14 henceforth i call you not servants john 15 let me start reading from verse 14 yeah my friends if you do whatsoever i command you or you can say yeah my disciples if you do whatsoever i command you remember that he even said that yeah my disciples indeed if you do whatsoever i command you or if you keep my commandments verse 15 now as forth i call you not servants for the servant knoweth not what his Lord doeth, but I have called you friends. For all things I have heard of my Father, I have made known unto you. Ye have not chosen me, but I have chosen you and ordained you. Ye have not chosen me, but I have chosen you and ordained you that ye should go and bring forth fruit, and that your fruits should remain. That whatsoever ye ask of the Father in my name, he may give it you. Why has he chosen us? Why has he given us this ministry, a truth breed, that we might that we might bring forth fruits and that our fruits should remain? I know we know those passages, but remember that our strategy has to be salvific, truth-driven, relational, affectionate, trustworthy, excellent, God-centered, and youth positive. If our strategy is opposite of any of those things, the strategy may sound so excellent, but then it is not of God. So, brethren, I do really want to encourage you that we should not chase after pragmatism, but to chase after the strategy that has God at the heart of it. A strategy that is highly God-centered, that may redound to the glory of God, so that people come to God, and so that more people We'll be worshiping God. So thank you so much for the wonderful session we've had so far. If there be any question, feel free to ask that question tonight. And uh, as we are closing, I want to read to you a hymn, or let's say a poem. <laughs> that has been really encouraging to me. The hymn is titled, Speed Thy Servant, Savior, Speed Them. Speed Thy Servant, Savior, Speed Them. Thou art Lord of winds and waves. They were bound, but thou hast freed them. Now they go to free the slaves. But thou with them, tis thine arm alone that saves. Friends and home and all forsaken, Lord, they go at thy command. As their stay, thy promise taken, while they traverse sea and land, oh, bewitch them. Lead them safely by the land. When no fruit appears to cheer them, and they seem to toil in vain, then in mercy, Lord, draw near them. Thus, then their sinking hopes sustain. Thus supported, let their zeal revive again. In the midst of opposition, let them trust, O Lord, in thee. When success attends their mission, let, their, let thy servants humble be. Never leave them till thy face in heaven they see. Dare to reap in joy forever, fruit that grows from seed ere sown. Dare to be with him who never ceases to preserve his own. And with gladness give the praise to him alone. That's my prayer for truth breed. And I'm sure that as we continue tomorrow and end the whole session tomorrow, we'll be able to see truth breed becoming more strategic with reaching the people for Christ and then seeing the work of God in the preaching of the gospel as God wins many people to himself through the preaching of the cross. I remain your friend, David Lowell. Let's close in a word of prayer. Lord Jesus, thank you for this time together. Blessed are the Spirit. You do a better teaching, a better job at teaching than anyone can do. So I commit those brethren into your hands right now. Brood over their hearts. 
and apply these truths to them let them love this truth i know i've spoken some hard things things that might have challenged their understanding things that might have challenged their thoughts they might have not expected it to go this way but god your word keeps challenging us challenging us to become more of the image that you have formed us to be more of your image lord make us indeed your image as ministers of this gospel and prosper your the preaching the preaching of your gospel in our hands let the word of god be of great effect and let many people be saved through true truth breed as we warn every man and disciple every man by teaching them may we present every man perfect and complete in christ jesus to your name be glory forever in jesus name we are prayed amen good night everybody god bless you